0: Welcome back to Norwegian On Air. In this episode, you'll meet our Chief Financial Officer, Geir Carlson. We're now about to finalize the second part of the equity race. The prospectus
1: has now been approved by the Financial Supervisory Authority and the subscription period has started and will last until the 25th of June.
0: Geir Carlson, you've certainly joined a dynamic industry and you come from a d- dynamic industry as well, but you really had an interesting start to your role as chief financial officer in Norwegian, because just a few weeks into the job, uh, IAG Group surprisingly acquired 4.6% shares in Norwegian. So, and after that, there's been lots of uh, interest uh, around uh, this potential acquisition interest. And could you share a bit about the start and, and also whether you have any experience with mergers uh, and acquisitions
2: well uh, my background is uh, uh, is from the shipping and offshore industry and um, uh, I have been involved through the years uh, in, in many M&;A transactions um, just the last two three years you know I was involved in uh, in both uh, mergers and mergers and also you know taking uh, taking companies uh, public and as such I'm quite used to being in an environment where you you have um, where you have M&A activities. Was maybe not a surprise for us that AIG, uh, you know, is interested in Norwegian. The fact that they bought 4.6% was, I guess, a surprise for all of us. But you know, the way I see it is, is only good news. Is the fact that they are seeing, uh, you know, seeing Norwegian as attractive is, is, is just good news for for us and, and and also for all the other shareholders.
1: So we'll dedicate the first part of this talk to the balance sheet, as this is a key focus in the capital markets. Um, and even benchmark towards other asset heavy companies, Norwegian must be said to be quite leveraged. What are your reflections around the balance sheet?
2: When you read the balance sheet, you, you know it, it talks for itself and, and uh, yes, uh, the leverage is uh, is relatively high. Uh, the company has decided to grow the business you know without uh, raising that much equity uh, until uh, you know the fact that we raised equity now in in March. And uh, the last time the company raised equity was actually I think it was back in 2009 and, um, I think that you know what you will see going forward is and, and part of the plan now as communicated in the first quarter is to renew the fleet as, and, and also divest some of the some of the order book that we have uh, we have in place that should uh, you know should remove the obligations going forward on on capex as well as uh, making sure that we can uh, even take the average know, age of the fleet even down from where it is today when we are, uh, you know, divesting uh, from the the older part of the the fleet uh, and bringing in a a brand new, um, very fuel efficient um, aircraft into the business. So I think that will, you know, make sure that, you know, the, the net growth in this company going forward will not be as high as the market might think. Uh, as we will just, uh, you know, replace part of the older aircraft and also divest straight out part of the order book that we have uh, we have in place uh, as per today.
0: Well, we still have uh, over 200 aircraft on order. And, and and how comfortable are you that the company can attract the financing for the, this delivery program? And and what sources do you see as the most attractive ones?
2: As you have seen, the, the, lo- the latest uh, financing, uh, you know, facilities we have done has, have, has been more on, uh, let's say, you know, typical AFIC structures um, where you have uh, pension funds and insurance companies supporting supporting a facility and, you know, uh, giving guarantees. And then you have commercial banks, uh, you know, funding you under those guarantees. Uh, those facilities are, in my opinion, very attractive. It has a very low cost of capital. And, and you have a leverage uh, as such um, you know, in the 80-85% area. I think that, to us, that's, that's attractive. It's, uh, it, it gives you a, a low cost of capital. So I think that is probably what you will see in us doing more of going forward. Uh, we still have uh, you know, great support from, from, uh, from those type of uh, structures. Um, I, do, I do not think that you will see us do operating leases, at least not in the, in the short term. If we do leases, I think it will be more uh, closer to financing, uh, finance leases, uh, with um, with a lower cost of capital and uh, and a longer repayment profile, which uh, you know I think it's a it's a good thing when you see the mix of debt that we have in the company today. But we are very comfortable that we will be able to secure financing at at good terms um, uh, going forward.
1: Uh, From the 1st of January 2019 IFRS 16 is introduced, meaning that all leasing commitments must be recognized as assets and liabilities. Uh, Norwegian has estimated a balance effect of 25 to 28 billion NOC and a reclassification of at least 4 billion from lease expense to depreciation and interest cost. How do you see this playing out for Norwegian?
2: This will affect the whole industry, obviously, and then also Norwegian. Um, you know, we are, we have been working on this for a while in order to, you know, to just analyze what kind of effects it will have on our balance sheet, and and obviously it will kind of blow up the balance sheets on, on both sides of it, uh, both on the asset sides and on the liability sides. Uh, if you look at the equity effect, uh, you know, as as we see it today, it, it, it will have a, a limited effect. And then, you know, all of us would have to go in and look at the different loan facilities we have and whether it has an effect on, on those uh, when you talk, uh, you know, covenants, etc. But from Norwegian's point of view, I mean, we don't really see any effect on, on that side either other than the fact that, you know, it will obviously blow up your, your balance sheet, but limited effect on, on the equity as such.
1: Will it affect any of the way we work, the financing structures we use?
2: Not really. I mean, you can you can say if, if your argument, of you know, for doing operating leads is to keep it off balance sheet, I mean, and that argument doesn't count anymore because everything would have to be taken into your balance sheet. So the way you finance your, your aircraft would not really change uh, because because of this.
0: You mentioned earlier, uh, when we talked about uh, our uh, aircraft order, that we are in the process of divesting up to 140 aircraft. And in a few weeks' back, we, we also confirmed that we had six interested parties. But could you share a bit more about the plan for this divestment?
2: Well, uh, I think on uh, what we have said is that we, we might divest up to, up to 140 aircraft. I mean, it might be it, it might also be a, a lower number, but. Um, after we have been, you know, communicating this, I mean, it's, it's no doubt that we have several interested parties, um, you know, approaching us and, uh, and, you know, wanting to discuss uh, these, these aircraft. And, and it will be a combination of, uh, as, uh, as I mentioned earlier, aircraft that we plan to, to renew, meaning that we will replace them with, with newer aircraft that will be part of this uh, divestment program. And we are also considering to to do something on the on the order book. Uh, that could be uh, you know sale, uh, a straight sale, or but it could also be you know spinning it off into some kind of leasing structures um, uh, where we where we actually can lease these aircrafts out to third parties. So it it uh, it will be um, as it looks now. A com- you know, it looks like it's going to be a combination of those two. And and then time will show, uh, you know, how many we will divest and and when. I mean, as we know, you know, the order book here is delivering over several years going forward. So, you know, some of the aircraft we can sell today, but, uh, you know, it might be that this will take, this will go on for uh, for a period uh, going forward.
1: We've also announced that we are uh, looking at structures to um, spin off or sell the reward program. What are your thoughts on this?
2: Well, we are. I would say that we are at relatively early stages uh, in the in, in the process, uh, you know, evaluating the reward program. Um, first of all, we now may have to make sure that we we separate it from from let's say from the group uh, into in, you know into a, into a separate company. That process has been going on for for a while, and then so now we are really in in, in the process of evaluating how to define the business model in, the, in this kind of separated uh, reward program, and then we will, we will take it from there. But this is, uh, is relatively early stages, and but something that we have a focus on internally.
1: So another key focus and priority, both in the company and the capital markets, is to turn the growth to profitability. And Norwegian's growth uh, has hit both yields through introduction pricing and cost. Uh, and in the latest market update, we highlight that we will now start harvesting from the investments. Could you give some color on this?
2: If you look at the previous, uh, let's say, year or two, you know, we have had uh, very high costs with regards to, you know, ramping up the organization, ramping up, uh, you know, the the crewing situation, uh, training uh, crew, training pilots. We have done, uh, you know, very high investments into into those uh, into those areas. Uh, as we've always also said in the market, you know, we, we reached uh, a peak in the growth story kind of now in, in actually in the current quarter, and uh, you know the ramp up cost, the training cost, etc., will now come off compared to, to, to the previous uh, quarters. Also, you know, we have less aircraft coming into the production as as new aircraft going forward, meaning that we can we can more focus on the existing you know route planning. I don't think you will see us opening very much new routes. I think we would rather go and do more frequency in the in the routes that we that we already know uh, makes uh, makes a, a good return. So, and, and we will also streamline, the, you know, the organisation. We will focus uh, to a large extent on uh, you know on time performance. The on-time performance in this company is too low. Uh, we all agree on that, and, and we have a very high focus internally in order to, you know, take the, move that up, uh, i.e., uh, reduce the compensation because of delays, etc. Uh, so it's a set of of uh, you know initiatives internally now that will uh, benefit, uh, you know, the profitability going uh, going forward.
0: So definitely, you said that with. As being now at the peak of the growth phase, you still mentioned cost focus, and you mentioned on-time performance. And are there other things that we can do to reduce uh, the cost of operating?
2: Well, I, I would just repeat myself, and especially on time, because that I, that is uh, on-time performance, because that's a, that's a major issue for us. And, and uh, if you look at the, you know, the, the on-time performance, it's it's in general too low, and it's especially too low on on long haul. That is something that we have to. Uh, get better uh, on, and co- it's just too you know the costs to compensate for the delays to to our to our customers is just too high. and We need to get that uh, down. Uh, it's not it's not done you know overnight. So it's it's a set of initiatives that we have to make sure uh, get better uh, in order to to take that on time uh, up.
0: And something our customers would benefit from as well.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And you have direct cost, and but you also have soft cost as such. You know with. Your your parents in the market and uh, you know the re- your reputation in general, which is also can also be very costly if uh, if the on time is uh, too uh, low. We are also looking in, into you know harmonising uh, you know the relationship between the different operating licences. I think you know we are probably not as efficient as we could be in in today's situation. I think we can take out efficiencies there as well there as well going forward. That is might not be in the very short term, but more mid- to long-term uh, effects. But effects that could be material.
1: We'll stick to the cost side slightly longer. Um, and in the fuel episode, we mentioned that the fuel expense uh, accounted for 24% of Norwegian's total operating expenses last year. And now, in a rising fuel price environment, it is interesting to hear your take on whether airlines managed to pass on Higher fuel fuel price uh,
2: to your customers or not? Well, it's just the fact that the fuel price uh, is is going up. Uh, that is uh, just a fact for everybody, really, uh, and that will hit uh, Norwegian as well. I mean, we are uh, to a certain extent uh, hedged, at least for two thousand eighteen. Not that much for two thousand nineteen, as we have communicated. One thing to you know have in mind is that you know we have a very young and uh, you know fuel efficient fleet and the higher the fuel prices, the, you know, the, you know, the, the higher that those benefits will be. So that is you know, on, on the positive side. A little bit strange in today's situation is that normally uh, when the jet fuel price or the oil price is going up, uh, the Norwegian uh, krone is uh, supposed to strengthen, that is not happening now. So it's actually the other way and uh, so, so in that sense it hits us both ways. But we do expect that uh, you know, if the oil price uh, you know, stays at, at these levels, uh, the Norwegian corner should uh, should strengthen and, and come back to, to a more normal uh, environment. But uh, it is hitting us, uh, no doubt about that. We are taking measures now in order to get some some part of it compensated by uh, you know the ticket prices uh, and other measures that we that we now are taking internally.
0: But if we're looking purely then to move away from cost and looking purely at the top line. Uh, what, what actions are Norwegian taking to improve our, our top line?
2: I think we are now, as as we know, we had a, we had the first quarter, which was not a great quarter for Norwegian. We are now going into, let's say, a six months period where we, you know, should make a, a very good profits. You know, the next, you know, the second quarter, third quarter in combination looks uh, looks promising. So what we need to do now is just to make sure that we execute on those uh, two quarters and it looks good. So the focus for the company now is really the next winter and uh, to have a look at, you know, the the route combinations. Uh, And I think you will see probably that we are changing the routes for the winter more than we have done before in order to to fly less on the destination that we know is is difficult during the winter and then the other shift that capacity to more, let's say, leisure destinations. And and also have in mind that, you know, especially on the long haul, we have opened, we have been opening many, many uh, new routes. And uh, for a route to be profitable, it takes time. And we have many of those. So we expect to, to learn from the routes that we have opened. And I think you will see that if, uh, if the routes we are opening is not getting into a profitable route, we will, uh, you know, do something about it. And uh, as I said earlier, I think you will see that we are probably going to put more frequency into existing routes than opening many new routes going forward.
1: We try to keep our episodes uh, short and interesting. Short and sweet. (laughs) (laughs) So now we've touched upon both the balance side and profitability. So I think that was it for
0: today's episode. And thank you so much for joining us, guys.
1: And that was the last episode before the European summer so we won't be back before August yeah we'll definitely be back in August uh, and we want to open up to uh, you listeners to vote for the next for the topic for the next episode yeah and we
0: actually have three proposed topics for you so you can either propose topics or to talk about uh, slots we've been uh, inspired by a Norwegian podcast which also focuses on the airline industry called Flypodden. Yeah.
1: Mm. So slots are landing uh, and takeoff permissions. And then the next
0: uh, topic is maintenance, aircraft maintenance. And the final one is aircraft types. So let us know through uh, the email address, which is Stina. Investor.relations at Norwegian.com. And all our colleagues, you can vote on our internal platform. But just before we round off, I just want to tell our listeners that we will place uh, a really good film which showcases some of the difficulties in pertaining overflight rights over Russia. And it's it's highly educational and highly interesting. And if you're interested in geopolitics as well, please make sure to watch it.
1: So have a nice summer and hopefully some nice flights.
0: Yeah, have a nice summer and safe flying.